Welcome to Peaceful Ease. We all have the necessary strength and wisdom to solve most of our problems. What we often lack is a quiet space to think clearly and calmly. This podcast is all about tapping into that zone of inner wisdom. My name is Mario Pereca, and I'd like to invite you to join myself and Ela Crane every Monday and Friday. We'll be here to guide you to that endless power and insight within until you learn how to get there and function from there by yourself. This is a journey about being authentic, learning how to trust your instincts, realizing that each and every one of us are not just enough, but also perfect the way we are right now. Hey everyone, Mario Pereca here, and as always, I am joined by Ela Crane, and we'd like to welcome you to the Peaceful Ease podcast. You can find all things Peaceful Ease as always at peacefulease.com. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at any time. Podcast at peacefulease.com is the email address. I and Ela both love to hear from everyone who listens. Any feedback, ideas, anything you want to talk about, just shoot us an email and we will be sure to get back in touch with you. But today I'm super excited, Ela, to listen to part four altogether, part two of this series. With Clive. Yes. And we are going to be touching a very popular topic mindfulness. What does mindfulness mean to you, Ela? Well, I think that meaning changed after I recorded this interview. So I would be cheating a bit. <laughs> that was going to be my next question. So I'm glad you went there already. Very briefly, just to kind of tee this up for the listeners. How would you explain mindfulness today? It's just being aware of what's happening within in connection to the world outside. That's my understanding of mindfulness that was, that has been. With this interview, I expanded it a bit because I understand Clive's perspective that mindfulness also includes cultivating a sense of friendliness, a sense of kindness to ourselves. So it's not just the pure awareness, like let's assume like we lose our car keys or something and now we can't get back to the car. Now we are aware that we lost the key, but how are we feeling about that and how are we treating ourselves about that? And I think Clive's perspective changed that part for me, that as soon as I am aware of oops, I did that again, I lost the key, now how am I going to get back in the car? You know, there comes the frustration, the anger, the panic, maybe I'm going somewhere, I'm in a hurry, and now I can't even access the car, maybe my bag is in the car, and all these things would create a sense of like failure or frustration. Listening to Clive, I think I would now include all these sensations and emotions and feelings in that awareness in a kind way. So it's that distinction between simple awareness and actually being mindful in the present moment. Yes, that was what I learned from listening to him. Well, I can't wait to hear the rest of the interview. So I'm going to go ahead and read Clive's bio once again. If you missed the last episode with Clive on meditation, you can click in the show notes and get that link. You should definitely listen to that, but today is all about mindfulness. Clive Holmes has been teaching meditation for the last 25 years all over the UK. He has completed over a year in intensive retreat and has studied in Europe and India with teachers from Burma, Southeast Asia, Japan, and Tibet. He also 
has a degree in Western philosophy. He is the co-editor of the books Taming the Tiger and Restoring the Balance by Akong Tulku Rinpoche. He also has an honorary appointment as teaching fellow in the School of Education at Aberdeen University and is involved in teaching MSC Mindfulness. And you can find more about him at cliveholmes.co.uk, which is his website. So go there and get more. And here's the interview, Ela and Clive. So, dear Clive, welcome back to the Peaceful Ease podcast. Today, I wanted to ask you some questions about a buzzword, mindfulness. We've been hearing a lot about mindfulness in these days, like through podcasts and books, even TV shows. And I wanted to get your take on what mindfulness is, especially in the East, in Tibetan terms, because I think the word originates from the East. So what is your take? Okay, so it's good to be back here and in my humble way trying to share what I know and Mindfulness is a very widely used term now, and one of the first observations I'd make is that mindfulness, the word, as I understand it, began as a translation of this Eastern word, sati. So the Protestant missionaries in Southeast Asia translating sati as mindfulness, and sati is like remembering to be present, being like authentically present in the moment, remembering to be authentically present in the moment. This is not a literal translation, but my sense of it. So they translate that term as mindfulness, which is okay, but sometimes we could misunderstand like mindfulness. You could think, well, what's the opposite? Mindlessness. So then you could think, oh, you must be mindful. You should be mindful. You're bad if you're not mindful, how mindless you are, with a kind of pejorative sense of it. But to me, that mindfulness is something beyond duality, beyond quarreling or argument, is something like just like letting the mind be fully present, non-judgmentally, like the His Holiness the Dalai Lama is saying, like uh, sometimes, but not about mindfulness, but about meditation. It's resting in a state of non-judgmental love, loving-kindness. So this non-dualistic aspect of mindfulness I feel to be very important. But everything is as it is and we work with what is. But my understanding, I feel, of mindfulness is enriched by knowing about sati and this sense of being authentically present. As a Buddhist teacher, Pema Chodron, says, the present moment is always the very best teacher. So being mindful is, it entails remembering to be like fully authentically present without necessarily being judgmental or dualistic in that state of mind. What also helps me understand mindfulness is the theoretical question. If you asked a, a Tibetan Lama in Tibetan Buddhism what mindfulness is, he would probably reply, three main areas. So from this kind of Tibetan take of the word, the mindfulness is first being aware, like this sense of being aware in the present of what is happening while it's happening, being fully aware in the present. So that's one of the three aspects of mindfulness. The second aspect is cultivating and developing this non-judgmental loving-kindness whilst one is being mindful. 
So there is a sense of not being like a robot looking at what's happening, but that, that one is cultivating a sense of friendliness or even gratitude to whatever is arising in the stream of consciousness. So there is a sense of kindness. I think the most simple way of putting it is like a, a sense of kindness to all one sees. It is one's life. After all, even all of the different circumstances that arise within life, it helps to be universally, all-inclusively kind to whatever arises. And we can expand on that later. Then the third aspect, the third aspect, and this one is more subtle and maybe a little bit more challenging. The third aspect is being aware of the Dharma. The Dharma is the teachings of Buddha. And in this context, it could be like awareness of remedies. So in meditation or mindfulness meditation, you came across a lot of greed or craving. Then you could be, through the third aspect of the mindfulness training, you could be aware of like the helpful way to process that craving or greed with a sense of gratitude and appreciation and a sense of enough is enough knowing when to stop, not going too far. So in the post-meditation stage, for instance, you could eat food more slowly with appreciation or with your family, you could express thanks for even the little kindnesses that they show. So then one is actually applying some kind of remedy. And in the mainstream mindfulness tradition in the West, especially in North America, there is a practice used by tens of thousands of people called RAIN. Recognize, allow, investigate, and then apply a sense of like natural presence of wisdom and compassion. So this isn't so far away as I see it from this third aspect of the word mindfulness in the Tibetan tradition. So there's a sense that one isn't just like looking at a river say that's uh, a little bit polluted and just thinking, ah, this is pollution, it's got to go on like this forever. But it's something that you can actually process away like the impurities in the river or in our inner streams of consciousness by the simple act first of uh, recognizing recognition skills, which are already incredibly valuable, which provide us some space away from Recognition skills can help us be aware of what we're feeling while we're feeling it. And then A, acceptance or allowing what, whereas a habit is resisting like we dealt with in an earlier podcast, instead of resisting, we can allow whatever it is to manifest with kind of a sense of uh, courage. And this does take courage, but recognizing, accepting, allowing, like say something like the greed or the uh, harmful anger, so we can recognize, allow, but in the safety of the meditation space so that we're not acting it out or suppressing it. Instead, we're taking this way of investigating it in the body, like where it's happening. Say uh, an emotion might be having a mirror in the body, like uh, a lot of stress in the shoulders. So recognize the, say, stress and then accept, allow it and then investigate where is it with friendly curiosity, see that it's in the shoulders. And then natural presence breathing into it, a sense of it's already here, let me feel it. So like this, accepting the pain 
but letting go of any of the resistances about the resistances on the out-breath and just then we're processing non-intellectually but actually physiologically through the breath so this mindfulness is something that isn't like passive that can be a way of processing in a turmoil and can take us towards the state of grace or purity of heart that we were mentioning in the earlier podcast from this perspective mindfulness sounds very much integrated with meditation are they the same or what is the difference and as we become mindful does it become a way of meditation there are now so many different teachers teaching and i am here just going to observe how i see what is happening and all i want to do is to be helpful in my humble way so what helps me to understand this so just in a like painting with broad brush strokes the picture rather than trying to be too um, exact or into semantics i think that my understanding is in buddhism that mindfulness is like a tool like to be able to see what's happening while it's happening and to be able to cut through the mistaken sense of identity to cut through false notions of who we are and allow us to see clearly our true nature of wisdom and compassion to broadly paraphrase a definition of meditation by uh, Trungpa Rinpoche one of the early teachers of meditation in the west he would say like meditation isn't about achieving ecstasy or spiritual bliss and meditation isn't about escaping life's problems or evading reality but instead meditation is simply the creation of a space where we can not be given the run around by harmful habits of thoughts or emotions but instead to be able to experience them and release them in this kind of non-judgmental and a very uh, compassionate sense of spaciousness and just by resting in meditation like that we're finding even a glimpse just for a second or two we're touching base with our true nature of wisdom and compassion so mindfulness is like a part of meditation but the meditation is maybe sort of very much deeper about actually uh, resting in a state of deep wisdom and compassion in classically in the uh, noble eightfold path of the buddha like he would talk about right attitude right intention right speech right action right livelihood right effort and the seventh would be right mindfulness and then the eighth would be right wisdom so these are like a cycle but they're also an evolutionary journey so the mindfulness precedes the deep meditation and in the parameters of uh, himalayan and tibetan buddhism you have six parameters like a uh, generosity and then ethics and then patience and then joyous perseverance and then you have mental stability which is like mindfulness is like uh, mental stability is like uh, the ability like a camera to see in, in sharp focus what is happening while it's happening and this allows you to see that the mistaken sense of identity is just a mistake and just the releasing the habits of the mistaken sense of identity allows wisdom which is the sixth parameter which is prajna 
or Prajna Paramita, the six Paramita. So all of the first five Paramitas are leading, but also completely inseparable from the six Paramita. So all of these things are not separate. It's words that separate, but that mindfulness is something that happens before deep meditation. But of course, even just to sit with mindfulness just for one minute is valuable, is so precious, because normally we're caught up in neurotic speed. We're caught up in always being busy in doing mode. And in essence, in a way, the mindfulness and the meditation are allowing us to restore balance to our lives by being in being mode. So the word meditation comes from the root medere, to restore balance. And so just by doing some mindfulness practice or some meditation practice, we are restoring balance because we're not in this busy doing mode, which doesn't allow us to see clearly what is happening while it's happening. So we restore the balance by simply doing nothing, (laughs) but just uh, being as we are and giving ourselves some rest and some pause to be able to see where we're going. I really like what you said about being in being mode. Could we say that mindfulness is a reminder to be in the being mode? I mean, we could say many things. So the reminder is a good word to use like this. Remembering to remember. I've seen sometimes mindfulness translated that way. Remembering to remember. The thing is that normally, for instance, uh, we know that it's good to do 10 minutes meditation or mindfulness meditation a day. But we forget. We forget to remember to remember to do it. So it's easy to think, oh, this is a valuable thing to do. But the actual practice to let go of our clinging, if you like, to doing mode and just to actually have the courage just to remember to remember, like to sort of be mindful of the breath and energy follows focus. And by focusing on the breath, we're focusing on our internal physiological system so we're energy follows focus we're not following our thoughts or spinning off into fantasies and that is like giving ourselves what a relief for the mind just to give up this and that altogether and just rest like with something simple like the breath or possibly with a mantra whatever it is that we restore balance by simply returning to being mode without the busyness and it's not saying that we have to be in being mode all the time. That would be maybe a very few people can do that. But just to even the value of half an hour a day, which is only 5% of the day, is enough to affect the quality of life for all of the other 23 and a half hours of the day, as uh, numerous uh, research has shown. And the final question is, I would like to go back to this beautiful phrase you use, non-judgmental loving kindness. I feel like we could do an episode on each of these words. They sound kind of very deep, like being non-judgmental and love and what kind of love that is mentioned here and kindness and define kindness. But we don't have the time to get into those aspects yet. Without going too deep, at least in this episode, could you give us a practical advice what we should do, how we should handle if we catch ourselves, if we become mindful of being critical or judgmental or being unkind to ourselves. Remembering mindfulness is about recognition skills, like recognition skills are so important so that we're not just like puppets to our 
habits or habitual energy. So supposing you had gone shopping and forgotten the garlic and then you sort of come home and then maybe in your mind you start to beat yourself up because, you know, how silly, you know, I had it on the shopping list and somehow I walked past, I didn't pick up the garlic. And then you could go into like self-criticism mode and judging yourself. And then it's like the tip of the iceberg. It's not really about the garlic, but you're feeling like that you have the habit of forgetting important things too. And it's generally a sense of I'm not good enough, a sense of dissatisfaction with yourself as you are. So instead of unconditional self-acceptance, there's self-rejection, which has all kinds of harmful outcomes, including the habit of not just judging yourself, but judging other people too. So if you could just recognition skills is seeing this habit arise of self-criticism. So you forgot the garlic. So you recognize that. Then the non-judgmental is feeling like everybody makes mistakes. Everybody is not a big deal. No big deal. We're only human. So make friends with the humanity and smile, seeing the success that you change the habit. So instead of being like, you know, check your face muscles, maybe you're grimacing or something like that, or your teeth are clenched as you're being self-critical or your shoulders tighten. So just breathe, take, say, three breaths and uh, maybe smile at your self-criticism or your anger to yourself and then relax your face muscles and then just feel like, this sense of shared humanity, like all that everybody makes mistakes and then it's bad enough making the mistakes and just accept that. But to to add all of the weight of self-criticism and unkindness on top is what is making future mistakes much more likely to happen. So it's like a like almost like a compassionate intervention. So recognition skills, then non-judgmental, loving kindness is maybe a very, very uh, high aspiration that gives us direction. So in the beginning, in very sort of humble, simple ways, we can cultivate recognition skills along with these kindness skills and not being so hard on ourselves with habits like perfectionism or being uh, very uh, judgmental towards ourselves and seeing things dualistically in a mistaken sense of identity way rather than something bigger mind kind of way. Yeah, beautiful example, because I think we can all relate to that, you know, forgetting things and then being harsh on ourselves. So thank you so much, Clive, for your time. I really appreciate it. It's so nice to have you here. And I hope to have you here as a guest again. Thank you. My pleasure. And anything that I have said that's helpful, take it on board. If it's if it's not helpful to you, then you could just let it go. We're all in this together. So, Eli, I just want to mention a couple things that came to mind, and I was talking to you about this in the past as well, that, you know, after you mentioned in the intro to this interview about Clive adding friendliness and kindness in with being mindful, and I've interviewed a lot of people on my own podcast. I've talked to a lot of people about the topic of mindfulness. It's something that comes up a lot. But this is the first time I've ever heard someone incorporate the words friendliness and kindness in with mindfulness. And now that I hear it presented that way, it makes so much sense. And it's something that I think that awareness around friendliness and kindness being in with being mindful now is something that's going to change my approach to mindfulness moving forward. Yeah, this is the Clive's magic, you know, like it just, 
he's so completing circles, like things get lost sometimes in translation, sometimes these practices, you know, like arrive here with less components than they had initially. And he's very good at understanding how we function in the West and how these practices kind of function in the East and allowing or enabling us to understand these practices in our own way. So that makes them very unique in this sense. And also I really like the fact that he gave these very simple examples about like expressing thanks to the family members or eating slowly, you know, all these like little things that we can all do throughout the day. It doesn't have to be a huge deal. I really love the example you used about losing your car keys <laughs> because that that's something I can really relate to with thinking like, you know, if you lose your car keys or you know, you misplace something that you shouldn't have misplaced and it's making you late or it's, you know, interrupting the rest of your day, you know, you can be aware of that and mindful that those things yeah. are missing or that you need to find them. But how do you treat yourself because of that? And so that to me was like the light bulb that went off that was like, yes, friendliness and kindness need to be mixed in there so that you can, but we're all human. We're all going to make mistakes. Give yourself permission to make that mistake, forgive yourself if, if you jump to that conclusion where you're not being friendly or kind, but why treat yourself that way? And to me, that's as much mindfulness as anything. It's being mindful of how you treat yourself and others and situations, right? Just like you said, eating a meal, eat it more slowly, be more mindful of it. But at the same time, do it with that intention. Yeah. And if you catch yourself treating yourself not so kindly, don't go on about it thinking, oh my God, here I am beating myself up again. You know, I'm doing this again and then continuing that vicious circle. But just smile, smile at that frustration, smile at that anger. And that's been my practice. And it does work. You can smile when you catch yourself getting frustrated. You can just stop and go, here it is again. Here I am, like Clive says, identifying with it. You know, not just identifying it, but identifying with it. Once again, Hila, thank you. Great stuff. I want to remind everyone, peacefullies.com is where they can find us. And also subscribe to the podcast if you really love these interviews and you've been listening for a while. Hit that subscribe button. We have lots more coming on Peaceful Ease. Ela's got some great interviews. As always, she brings on some really fascinating guests that really will open your mind. They've opened mine. Just being here, listening to them and how they approach things and the direction they're going. And we know that in April, Ela goes to India every April to spend some time there. So I'm sure she'll have some fascinating stories to bring back from that as well coming up. So that's another reason to hit subscribe and uh, go on this Peaceful Ease journey with us. So Ela, thank you so much for the interviews and for everything you bring to Peaceful Ease. And I'm looking forward to picking up the conversation in the next episode. Thank you, Mario. And thank you so much, my dear teacher, Clive, for joining us and sharing your wisdom. Thank you for listening to the Peaceful Ease podcast. If this episode resonated with you, please share it with friends and family. Remember, the bigger the support, the more fun the journey becomes. If you'd like to get in touch with Ela, you can reach out to her at peacefulease.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Until next time, be kind to yourself.